your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 732 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And the Rangers just wrapping up win number six in a row. They go into Philadelphia, take care of business against the Flyers, win the game by a final score of 6-3. to three. Final score maybe just a little bit misleading because it was pretty competitive all throughout. Uh, pretty tight throughout the entire game. And then, of course, the Rangers added a couple of empty netters in the final uh, couple of minutes there. Uh, but be that as it may, still a pretty impressive night for the Rangers. Uh, was not perfect. If you want to nitpick a little bit, I think certainly the first period was a little bit up and down, a little bit of a mixed bag. Uh, and then toward the end of the second period, it really looked like it might get away from the Rangers. But credit to them for uh, coming out flying in the third period, doing what they had to do in the third which is something we talked about. They were so bad in the third period earlier this year. Uh, last year, they were excellent in the third period, and they're starting to rediscover that magic. The Rangers, like I said, they they won this game bad. You could tell watching them in the third period, and they did enough to get the job done. And a lot to talk about here. We want to talk about some of the lineup decisions that the Rangers uh, made going into this one. That's something that's going to be you know kind of an ongoing storyline because right now it kind of seems fluid as far as, you know, certainly who the odd man out of the forwards is going to be on any given night. And of course, they went with Halak tonight instead of Igor. And you've kind of got an ongoing developing battle between Ben Harper and Louis Hayek for that sixth defensive spot. We also had just an amazing goal by Keandre Miller. And I'm going to break that one down as best as I can in just a moment here. But uh, honestly, I can't do it justice. And anybody that saw this game, you know what I'm talking about. And if you didn't see this game, stop what you're doing right now. You know what? Go ahead, pause the podcast. Go look up Keandre Miller's goal. It was that good. You have to see it for yourself. But I will, like I said, I will do my best just using words to explain how good it really was. Uh, also going to talk about the second period, you know, kind of a, a wild mill stanza there in this game. Going to give some props to Yaroslav Halak. A uh, little bit of a uh, mixed bag for him as well in this game, but did enough to get the job done. Going to break down some of these Ranger goals, including the Keandre Miller goal. And I also want to talk a little bit about uh, John Tortorella deciding to make Kevin Hayes a healthy scratch. That's something that's more of a topic, and I'm sure it will be talked about more on Locked on Flyers. Uh, but be that as it may, it's still a former Ranger coach uh, scratching a former Ranger player. And in my opinion, doing the Rangers a favor in this game. But we'll talk about that in due time. Like I said, we got to really kick off today's episode with just the insane highlight real goal by Keandre Miller. I would say, you know, without watching every goal that's been scored in the NHL so far this season, this has got to be like top 10 material, right? I mean, this was this was really something else. And one of the more unique goals that you'll ever see as well. And I'll explain why in just a second. But to kind of just break down this play and kind of set the stage here, Game is tied at 1-1. About midway through the second period, Keandre Miller had been in the penalty box, and that's another little side note here. Another really strong night for the Ranger penalty kill. Uh, the Flyers were 0-4 on the man advantage. Uh, really something that's been a, a staple of the Rangers over these past couple of seasons here. Uh, good penalty killing. And this was no different. Rangers did a nice job killing it off. Then you've got Keandre Miller coming out of the penalty box, and he makes a play 
The Flyers have the puck in the Rangers' own power plays over, but they're still, you know, they, they're kind of set up a little bit. And they play the puck back to the defenseman. I believe, I want to say Sanheim was there. Sanheim was receiving a pass at the blue line. And Miller basically just tips it past him, you know, a nice little stick check there, and uh, knocks it into the neutral zone, goes around him, picks up the puck in stride, and he's off to the races. And of course, Keandre Miller used to be a forward, so he knows what he's doing in situations like this, uh, more so than probably the average defenseman does. But man, he, he's flying up the ice and going toward the net, and as he's doing so, uh, he is tripped from behind, and he falls down to the ice, and at this point, you know, I'm yelling, I'm saying, penalty shot, penalty shot. And... Instead, you know, Miller doesn't worry about any of that. He just gets right back up. You know, he when he was tripped, his momentum kind of took him forward. He was sliding across the ice. The puck was still in front of him. So he pops back up, gets the puck back on his stick, uh, fakes going to the backhand, brings it to the forehand, and uh, just tucks it inside the, uh, the post there and past Hart. But just an unbelievable play by Keandre Miller. And one of the reasons why, like I said, I think this was such a unique goal. When have you ever seen this? When have you ever seen a situation where somebody's going in on a breakaway, they get tripped from behind, and I have to believe this would have been a penalty shot. I mean, he was clearly in behind the defense. Uh, the Rangers were, you know, called for, I think it was when Schneider tripped Hughes. Hughes was given, was that the one? Hughes was given the penalty shot attempt, even though it wasn't really a clean break. Um, but in this case, you know, this is more of a clean break than the one I just described. And so it, it was definitely going to be a penalty shot. I mean, I, I don't think there's any gray area. I don't think there's any other way this could go. Um, but what happened, and the, the reason why this is so unique, is that when have you ever seen this where a, a player gets tripped from behind, in all likelihood for a penalty shot, and then gets back up off the ice and ends up scoring a goal? You know, every once in a while, you'll see somebody get behind the defense, and they'll kind of get hooked from behind a little bit, and you have a feeling that, okay, that's probably going to be a penalty shot, and they'll end up scoring. But I don't know that I've ever seen one quite like this, where the guy is actually, he's tripped from behind and actually falls down to the ice, pops back up, and scores. I don't know that I've seen this. If you guys can think of an example, I would love to hear it from the Rangers or otherwise. But again, just a sensational highlight real goal by Keandre Miller. And Miller continues to you know just play better and better with every passing game. We talked about this not too long ago on a pretty recent episode here. I like what I'm seeing from Keandre Miller recently. Really, really rough start to the season alongside Jacob Trouba. I mean, those two were having all kinds of issues for the first, you know, 20 or so games, whatever it was there. But Keandre Miller, again, the confidence seems to be back and just playing decisive hockey. And uh, like a lot of his teammates, basically just getting his game together and uh, looking like he very well could end up being, you know, a big-time superstar defenseman in this league. Time is going to tell there, but love what I'm seeing from Keandre Miller recently. And, of course, scoring a goal like this uh, does not hurt either. And uh, while we're on the topic of highlight reel goals, uh, we got to talk about this one from Barclay Goodrow. It wasn't quite as nice as Keandre Miller. Honestly, there's never a bad time to score a goal, but I think that more people probably would have been talking about this goal by Goodrow had it not been for the ridiculous goal that Miller scored uh, just before this. But this gave the Rangers a 3-1 to lead in the second period. You had, I believe it was Adam Fox. I'm almost positive it was Adam Fox passing out of the Rangers zone up to Artemi Panarin. Panarin's got the blue line. He slides a short little pass to Mika Zibanejad. Mika goes up the boards on the right side. Goodrow reads the play very well, goes straight to the net, straight up the center of the ice, and Mika finds him, hits him in stride, and then Goodrow, uh, he's got it on his forehand, brings it to his backhand, and just kind of a changeup right through the legs of Carter Hart, makes the score 3-1. to one. And Barclay Goodrow, you know, he, 
in my mind, he is still kind of a bottom six forward. I, I just think that's where he typically should be in most instances. But Barclay Goodrow, in my very humble opinion, he is a bottom six forward, but he's a bottom six forward who is more than capable of playing in the top six. And we've seen some examples of that uh, last year and certainly this year as well. He's getting the opportunity to play with Panarin and Mika, and he's keeping up with those guys stride for stride, uh, shift for shift. He is not slowing them down in the least and seems to have pretty good chemistry with them. So look, Barclay Goodrow in the top six, it's not... He doesn't have the offensive upside long-term that, you know, maybe a Kako or a Lafreniere or a Heedle does. So I get why there's certain Ranger fans that want to see somebody else in the top six. Although uh, the kid line, technically they all are in the top six right now, but you get the point here. Uh, there's people that would rather see somebody other than Goodrow in the top six. But be that as it may, uh, again, Goodrow is fine in the top six. He's not a liability. And as far as like, you know, Ranger fans losing their mind about Goodrow playing on the top line, those fans are creating a problem that does not exist. Barclay Goodrow is just fine in the top six. He, he's not a liability, doesn't slow anybody down. Sure, there's other options that might be a little bit more exciting, might have a little bit more upside, but Barclay Goodrow, uh, like I said, he can get the job done anywhere you put him in the lineup. We've talked about that before with him. He can play any of the three forward positions, and he can play on any of the four lines, and it's nice to have a, a Swiss Army knife or two on your team uh, in the vein of a Barclay Goodrow. And so, uh, yeah, good stuff from Barclay Goodrow all around. Might as well talk about one more goal that the Rangers scored here. I mean, there was the Artemi Panarin tipping goal in the uh, in the first period. And, of course, Barclay Goodrow had a helper there as well. That was beautiful. But to kind of keep going in chronological order here, uh, Jimmy Vesey continues to step up for the New York Rangers. He, too, was another player that was in the top six for a while. A lot of fans weren't really feeling that. With Vesey, yeah, I, I think... Kind of the same with Goodrow. I see him a little bit more as a bottom six guy, and that's where he is right now. Uh, I wouldn't say it's horrible if he's ever in the top six for once in a while, but uh, yeah, he scored a pretty nice goal here, and he scored a goal at a big time because Rangers were up 3-1 late in the second period. Uh, they were rolling. They had a couple of hiccups on their own power play. Flyers got a shorty. They almost got a second shorty, and it's 3-2 heading into the third period. Rangers got a good start in the third period, and Jimmy Vesey scores a goal, and basically just got the puck and uh, turned and burned and, you know, put it at the net and scored. Uh, Vincent Trocek was able to get control of the puck and get it to, to VZ. And VZ, he was in the right face-off circle, kind of turned to his left and basically just let it fly all in one motion. I think he maybe took heart by uh, surprise a little bit, but VZ's feeling it right now. It's a really nice goal here and uh, nice to see that secondary scoring that we talked about. This is a game where Barclay Goodrow scored, Jimmy VZ scored, Ryan Lindgren technically scored with that empty net goal, the automatic goal, and uh, Jacob Truba got his first goal of the season. Again, an empty net goal, but they all count, and uh, nice to see guys, you know, stepping in and uh, contributing scoring-wise as well, even some guys that you don't necessarily expect. We're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. Talk about, uh, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff, really. Uh, a really nice, uh, pretty solid game for Yaroslav Halak. Went to uh, talk about some of the lineup decisions for the Rangers, the whole torts Kevin Hayes thing, and uh, some other stuff as well. We're going to do all that in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is a product that I use every day, and I started taking AG1 because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. Now I've been on it for about seven months, and I love it. Doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? 
With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It is lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it is cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So I want to go ahead and talk about some of the uh, Ranger lineup decisions for this night. I mean, they're not really doing a whole lot differently as far as line combinations are concerned. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later too, how the Rangers have kind of settled in finally to their line combinations and uh, to a lesser extent the defense pairings as well. The only thing they're really doing differently is the 12th forward and the 6th defenseman. That's kind of fluid right now. Uh, the top nine has been basically untouched for the last handful of games. The top four, uh, as far as defensemen are concerned, also has been pretty much, you know, left as is for a while there. You know, you had, uh, you know, Schneider was moving up with Miller and, and Truba was moving down. But uh, it seems like the Rangers are mostly past that at this point. But the Rangers, uh, for this game, decided to start Yaroslav Halak instead of Igor Shesterkin. And we knew coming into this, they've got a back-to-back on the weekend. They're playing a whole bunch of games recently. They've got uh, right now they're in the middle of playing four games in just six days. It's a back-to-back. We pretty much knew for sure, slam dunk, that uh, Igor Shesterkin was going to come out of the lineup for one of these games, and Halak was going to be in there. And obviously, Halak, it's been tough for him this year. A uh, couple of decent games, a couple of clunkers as well. But overall, I think he did pretty well in this one. Uh, we will you know, talk about that a little bit more. But uh, first of all, just the decision to go with Yaroslav Halak. I saw some Ranger fans upset. You know, Igor's hot. Why would he take him out of the lineup? I thought that they would probably go with Igor in this one and then Halak for the next one. I think, and I don't know that Gerard Gallant would ever admit this, but here's the way that I kind of looked at this once I found that Yaroslav Halak uh, was going to start this game. And I wonder if Gallant sees this the same way. So first of all, Igor's been playing a lot. So maybe just get him out of the lineup sooner rather than later. But secondly, you're playing two not-so-good teams here. If you go with Yaroslav Halak here and you don't win, then at least you've got your guy. You've got your Vesna winning goalie ready to go for the second game of this back-to-back and ready to go against a, frankly, bad Chicago Blackhawks team. So even if your backup goalie can't get you the win tonight, you still feel very, very good of salvaging the weekend and defeating the Blackhawks with your top guy, Igor Shesterkin. Just an idea, just something that I wanted to throw out there. But as far as how Yaroslav Halak, you know, fared in this game, and we'll talk about the other uh, roster moves in just a second here, but a little bit of a weird night for Halak, I thought. You know, he stopped 29 out of 32 shots, which is good. Um, he made some really nice saves in some big spots, a couple of which 
uh, happened when the Rangers were only up by one goal. Uh, made a couple of really nice sliding pad stops in, in some big spots in this game, too, I thought. Some good lateral movement from Yaroslav Halak. Um, but then there were, you know, a couple of hiccups. He kind of looked lost on the goal that uh, James Van Riemsdyk scored. Didn't really seem to know where the puck was or what had happened. It was kind of a weird play, but uh, yeah, just just kind of got a little caught a little flat-footed there. Uh, he also let in, and this one stood out even more, uh, a pretty soft goal to Frost. That was in the second, no, the third period. That was getting toward the end of the game. That cut the Ranger lead down to four to three. Um, so again, and there, there was a play in this game also where he like wiped out behind the net. But I think overall with Yaroslav Halak in this game, the way I see it, again, 29 saves on 32 shots and some good good saves to boot and did enough. You know, it wasn't like a stellar performance to write home about, but he did enough to give the Rangers a chance. And when it comes to your backup goalie, that's all you can really ask for. And I, I think the way it's gone for Halak at times this season, if you're a Ranger fan, you'll take this kind of performance from Yaroslav Halak. He gets the win. Hopefully he's feeling good about himself. And whenever he's back out there, which probably will not be for some time, uh, but once he is, hopefully he's ready to go and, you know, feeling good about himself. And the reason I say it probably won't be for some time, the Rangers only have two more games before the Christmas break. So you figure Igor will get both of those, and then Igor will probably get at least the first game or two coming out of the Christmas break. So uh, we will see, or the holiday break or whatever it's called, um, but we will see how the Rangers look to deploy their goalies. But if I had to bet, I would say it might be at least uh, some time before we see Halak. But all the all the more important that he had a good game here tonight because now he gets to feel good about that, and hopefully his confidence is uh, you know at least somewhat on the rise here. As far as... Uh, some other lineup moves that the Rangers made here. You know what? We will actually uh, we will get to that in just a second. We're going to talk about the Ranger lineup moves, uh, the whole Torts and Hayes thing, and uh, the Rangers, you know, special teams performance as well. Because there's there's quite a bit to talk about regarding all those topics, and we're going to do all that in just a second. All right. So Ranger lineup decisions. Uh, they decide to go. With Sammy Blay, he goes back into the lineup after being a healthy scratch for the first time all season in the most recent game. And, you know, Blay, big, tough physical player. You can kind of see the logic here. They're playing the Flyers division rivalry. Uh, it's a matchup that can get kind of nasty. You know, it's funny. The the players change over the years and the coaches change and everything. But uh, Rangers Flyers tends to, you know, the temperature tends to rise when those two teams are playing each other. Although this game, for the most part, at least as far as Rangers Flyers is concerned, wasn't really that nasty. But you can kind of see why you'd want a hard hitter like Sammy Blay in the lineup uh, over somebody like Julian Gauthier. And Gauthier has added some physicality to his game as well. But I don't think you want Sammy Blay to be a healthy scratch for too long. Uh, Gauthier, you know, he got hot a while back and hasn't really done a whole lot. Since then, at least as far as offense is concerned, I do think he's played decently well on the fourth line. But it's a very interesting situation to look at right now because, you know, in our most recent episode or might have been second most recent episode, we talked about how it seems very fluid as far as who's going to be the healthy scratch on a given night. And, you know, there might be a little bit of a rotation going on there. And that's kind of what we're seeing lately. Uh, you know, three games ago, it was Kraftsoff was out of the lineup. Uh, the last game, it was Blay was out of the lineup, and now tonight, Gautier out of the lineup. So we'll see if we continue to get kind of a mix. I mean, does Krasov come back out? Does Blay come back out? I think Brodzinski stays in because, uh, A, he's done decently well, and B, I don't think they're going to want to drop Barclay Goodrow off the top line back to the fourth line, which is what they would have to do if they were to take Brodzinski, the fourth line center, out of the lineup. So very, very curious to see uh, how that shakes out, but 
no issues as far as, uh, you know, Gautier sitting one out here and Blake going back in. And then as far as defensemen are concerned, the sixth defenseman spot, Ben Harper had made his debut for the Rangers in the last game, and he stays in the lineup and plays in this game. He did okay. Uh, he did have the one delay of game penalty where he unnecessarily shot the puck over the glass. That was unfortunate. Uh, I was wondering coming into this weekend if maybe we'll see Harper for one game, Hayek for one game, and then uh, kind of just go with whichever one plays better, and I, I think that's still a possibility. But I wouldn't be shocked to see Harper back out there uh, in the next game. Uh, we know, listen, hey, uh, you know, Gallant likes his veterans, and I believe Harper now 27 years old, a little bit older than Libor Hayek. And, um, you know, Hayek and Jones both got their chances. Neither one of them really took the bull by the horns. I mean, decent play from each of them at times. But uh, I wouldn't be stunned to see uh, Harper, the veteran, get another game against the uh, the Blackhawks here on Sunday. Uh, I also wanted to weigh in really quickly here. Like I said, on the situation with Tortorella and Kevin Hayes, just really a strange situation that Tortorella would make Kevin Hayes a healthy scratch. Hayes is a veteran player. Hayes is the leading point getter on the Philadelphia Flyers, a team that really struggles to score goals. So you would think that he would be in the lineup. And he's also an alternate captain. He was actually benched in the most recent Flyers game against the Devils. And then, of course, the healthy scratch in this one. And my attitude as far as him benching Hayes, and, and Hayes, I think, tends to do pretty well against the Rangers, as do most former Rangers when they play the Rangers. Um, but my attitude to this whole thing was, thank you. You want to take your, your top point getter off the ice and not even play him in this game? That's fine by me. I mean, I, I kind of feel for Kevin Hayes, but uh, yeah, I think he just did the Rangers a favor here. I don't need to look at the Flyers depth chart to know that there's no way that they've got 12 forwards who all give the team a better chance to win than Kevin Hayes does. So yeah, interesting. Interesting stuff all around there. And I, I just wanted to throw this out there as well. Because uh, there's actually a couple more former Rangers we can talk about here. Keith Yandel talking about that decision by Tortorella. Uh, he said, is it possible to make a coach a healthy scratch? So that was kind of funny. And then another former Ranger, Tony D'Angelo, this was interesting to me as well. Uh, he was getting booed out of his own arena. And it's funny because the Flyers were on the power play. And of course, D'Angelo's out there for that. And uh, Sam Rosen was kind of wondering out loud, like, Oh, man, they're, they're already booing uh, their own power play here. 10 or 15 seconds into the power play, they're already booing them. I don't think that's what that was. I think this is the fact that there were a ton of Ranger fans there, as there seemed to be everywhere this season. I mean, all seasons, but this one, it stood out more than usual. Um, but I think it was just the Ranger fans in Philly. Every time D'Angelo had the puck, they were going to boo him. Uh, so that's pretty funny because, you know, Ranger fans, first of all, it's awesome to see them just uh, invade these away arenas and uh, make some noise, get some Let's Go Ranger chants going. The final minute of this game, there were loud Let's Go Ranger chants just kind of booming throughout the entire arena. And of course, in this situation, uh, going after one of their favorite targets in Tony D'Angelo. So uh, that was kind of interesting. Uh, kind of getting toward the end here, but I, I did want to talk also about the Rangers, it seems like they're finally settled as far as their line combinations are concerned, uh, minus, you know, other than the fourth line and who's going to be the 13th forward and the odd man out on any given night. The top nine, they're pretty much feeling pretty good about themselves. And all these combinations seem to be clicking for the most part. Uh, you know, Panarin and Mika and Goodrow, kind of an intriguing combination there. Goodrow can do some of the dirty work, as we discussed earlier. You've got the kid line that's now the second line, so that'll make uh, all of Rangers' Twitter happy, and I feel good about that as well. And then you've got uh, the third line, which isn't bad either. You know, they've kind of spread out the wealth a little bit here, and now Vincent Trocek, who 
you know, is typically on the second line and, and out there with Panarin. He's now on the third line. He's got Kreider with him. Jimmy Vesey's been scoring lately. So all of a sudden, now you finally have some depth scoring. That entire third line, all those guys right now at least, are threats to produce points on any given night. I heard a stat tonight, and it's almost flown a little bit under the radar, but Vincent Trocek's got like eight points in his last six games, something like that. Uh, Kreider, he's always a threat, and obviously VZ's hot lately. So, and, and even the fourth line, you know, they're not scoring goals, but they've played very well together, and there's been a couple different uh, iterations of the fourth line, a couple different combinations. Like I said, guys are kind of in and out of the lineup as a healthy scratch or in the game, but it seems like any combo they go with right now out of like, you know, Kraftsoff, Brodzinski, Blay, Gautier, they, they seem to play fairly well, and they seem to spend a lot of time in the attacking zone, and they seem to play physical. So, yeah, man, I mean, hey, six-game winning streak, you figure that a lot of things are working, a lot of things are clicking, and that indeed is the case right now as it pertains to the New York Rangers. Uh, the only other thing that I figure we can talk about here is uh, the Ranger penalty kill. You know, I, I talked about them briefly a little bit earlier in the episode, but another really strong night here. Uh, the Flyers go 0 for 4 on the man advantage, so I think you got to give a lot of props to, uh, you know, the Ranger penalty killers for for getting the job done there and limiting scoring opportunities, and also Yaroslav Halak making a couple of saves while the Rangers were shorthanded. Uh, the Rangers only had one power play goal in the game, and it was pretty bad because the Flyers scored a shorthanded goal, and they almost got a second one. Uh, you had Artemi Panarin with just a really bad turnover. He's got the puck along the boards, and Tried to just make a touch pass to, I think it was Fox, you know, somebody on the blue line, but it never got anywhere near him. Uh, it was intercepted by Lawton, and it was basically a 2 on 0 for the Flyers, but Lawton just took it himself, went to the net, and scored, cut the Ranger lead to 3 to 2 at that point in the game. And Panarin was actually benched uh, just for the rest of the power play. You know, they put the the top unit back out there, but Philip Heedle was out there in place of Artemi Panarin. So that was kind of interesting to see as well. Uh, really bad turnover by Panarin there. He's got to know better. Um, and you know what? Yeah, I, I see a lot of Ranger fans saying that Panarin's got to reel it in as far as the turnovers are concerned. And I would have to agree with that. You know, on one hand, great player. You got to allow him some leeway. You got to allow him to be somewhat creative out there, but he's got to be a little bit more careful with the puck. Um, let's see how many... I mean, that was the only giveaway that he had on the night, at least according to the box score. But uh, yeah, a bad one there for sure. And uh, basically just opening the door for the Flyers to get back into the game. Uh, the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting is that the Rangers, you know, they were dominating in the second period. They It was tied 1-1. They had made it 3-1. And they came close to scoring a goal that would have put them up 4-1 on several occasions here. Uh, you had Kreider, you know, a chance from the doorstep, and he takes a backhand shot and did it go over the goal line? I don't know. It's so close, and, you know, everybody's, you know, showing these pictures on Twitter and everything. It was really, really close. I don't know if it was enough quite to overturn it. They did not overturn it. The score stayed at 3-1, to one. and then Mika Zibanejad could have made it 4-1. to one. He rings a shot off the far post. I think it was Mika. I mean, the Rangers hit the post so many times. Who, who even knows? Who can even keep track of this at this point? Panarin hit the post earlier in this game. The Rangers can't get through a game without hitting multiple posts, and... It never hits the post and goes in. It always hits the post and bounces away from the net, with the possible exception being the Philip Heedle uh, overtime goal against the Devils a couple nights ago. But, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, the Rangers, they're, they're saving their puck luck for uh, postseason play, hopefully. Maybe they'll start hitting the post and having the puck actually go into the net. We shall see. Uh, but, yeah, up next, you know, as far as uh, what's on the docket for the Rangers here, back in action Sunday at 730 against the Chicago Blackhawks. And it's crazy because 
The Rangers, since they lost to the Blackhawks, that complete disaster of a game, the game where Truba fired his helmet into the boards, the Rangers have now won six in a row. The Blackhawks have now lost six in a row since that game. All six of their losses have come in uh, in regulation. Uh, they were shut out in each of the two games that they played after they beat the Rangers. And they have lost uh, five out of the six games. They have the six-game losing streak. Five out of six of them, they have lost by three goals or more. Their record is 7-18-4, so they've won less than a quarter of their games. They have the worst record in the NHL. It's a bad team. There's no other way to say it. Win this game. You know, I'm not big on the whole trap game cliche. I just always find it really difficult to believe that a team is out there competing and, like, thinking about the team that they're playing next. I don't know. I I just— I'm a little bit skeptical about that. But if ever there was such a thing as a trap game, I think this is it. Because, of course, the Rangers playing the worst team in hockey, at least if you go by record. And then after that, they've got a big-time matchup on Tuesday against their best friends and our best friends, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And that's going to be a heavyweight matchup for sure. Uh, Pittsburgh has won seven in a row. You could have a situation where it's Rangers versus Penguins, and both teams have won like eight games in a row. I haven't checked the Penguins' schedule, so I don't know how many games they're playing. They might be in action right now, for all I know. I just kind of focused in on the Rangers tonight. But you could have both teams going to that game on on lengthy, lengthy winning streaks. But first things first, uh, the Rangers have to take care of business against the Chicago Blackhawks. You've won six in a row. Don't let it come to an end against the worst team in hockey. Especially, you know, Igor Shesterkin's going to play. you got to win this game. you got to find a way to win this game uh, back-to-back or not. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Sports Today. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today podcast available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.